Glad to see everyone here and uh, excited to be with you tonight. You know, with, with Tim being our lead pastor and he does the, the lion's share of the teaching, and then I like, you know, I kind of backfill when, when he needs a breather or he's on call and, and so on and so forth. So I really have been thinking a lot about my role and how to fit in. And like, typically, if you're the other guy, there's two very decided channels that you can go down to be the other, the backup guy at a church. One, you have to be the young, zany, crazy, super edgy guy that everyone's a little bit afraid the stuff's going to go sideways on him, and, <laughs> but you're rooting for him because he's there. And, uh, <laughs> but the problem is like, our pastor has all these cool tattoos, and he carries a rough bag, and he longboards, and he wears toms, and he's younger than me, so like all of that, like that kind of bring, like it brings my edginess way. Down. Like I have to be like Dane Cook, not like the church version of Dane Cook, the actual Dane Cook, to like to get there. The other way is just like khaki pleated dockers all the time. <laughs> Every day. Like, Sundays, khaki pleated dockers, blue blazer, pool party, khaki pleated dockers, and Hawaiian shirt. I have to, like, so I wore the edgy shirt tonight to try to, like, I'm, I'm trying, but I shaved. So they kind of counteract. I don't know which way I'm going. If you see the dockers, you'll know. Uh, but let's pray, and we'll dive in. God, thank you for uh, some time to come together and study your word. Um, thank you for uh, this family of, of believers and, and what they mean to me. I just pray that you would teach us what you have for us tonight and uh, we would walk away different. Uh, in your name I pray, amen. amen. So you can turn to Colossians. Um, you're probably still used to turning to Mark, but you'll get, uh, you'll get there to where now the Bibles will just open to Colossians. But we'll be in Colossians chapter 1, and we are in verses uh, 15 to 20. So I'll read, and then we'll go in. He is the image of the invisible God, talking about Jesus here. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Amen. So, we see here, again, we're, we're in Colossians, and this is Paul writing to the church of Colossae, and he's, he's writing from prison. Um, Epaphras is the, uh, here too, after referred to as Easy E, uh, for my sake, uh, was the church there. He started this church, and he came to see Paul in prison in Rome and told him basically what was going on, and Paul wrote this letter. And um, 
a lot of pastors do a lot of writing in our time, but um, Paul's was very different. One, it's inspired. It's, uh, it's God's word. It's the Holy Spirit breathing out the words. But um, he was in prison for spreading this, ki- this type of gospel, for, for this information. Like, this is why he's in prison, and, and he's writing this letter. And, and what was going on in Colossae was they believed that that there was God, and then out of God, these different emanations happened. And some were good, and some were bad, and that Jesus was just one of those. And so, to them, they a lot of people had started to adopt the logic of, like, well, I'm going to cover my basis, and so Jesus is going to be a part of my life. And I'm going to believe in all this other stuff, but, but Jesus is going to be a piece of it. And while we may not believe in a bunch of different emanations and other spirits and those kinds of things, and we may not say that we worship those, I think that if we looked in churches today, we would find a lot of people who are in that exact spot. Jesus is a piece of their life. He's a part of their life. And they have all their other stuff, but but Jesus isn't Lord of their life. He's just a piece. And Paul knowing and wanting these people to realize that if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all, sits down and writes this book of Colossians. And he, he's kind of beginning his argument here. We see the greeting, and then uh, last week, if, uh, if you were here, I hope you were, uh, Tim did a great job of, of walking us through that section of, of Scripture and just emphasizing who our hope has to be found in. It has to be found in Christ. That's where our hope has to reside. And if we hope in something else, we're off the mark. We've missed it. And uh, I hope you were here. If you didn't catch it, uh, you can catch up on our podcast. But um, Paul then begins to uh, set Christ in place and where he is in relation to other things. And he does so through a poem. And that's the, this section that we're in today is actually a poem that Paul wrote about Jesus. And I know when you read it, you go, no, Sam, I am. That is not a poem. I know what poems are like, and that is not one of them. I assure you it is. Um, and uh, the, structure, the structure of it, and we could really break that down, but this would turn, that would mean cramming like, two hours into 25 minutes, and instead we're just going to cram 45 into it. So believe me that uh, it was a poem, and uh, Paul is, is trying to get us to see Jesus for who he really is. Because he understood that if you see the beauty of Jesus, that changes your life. A lot of us know the function of God. We know, like, I need him to forgive my sins, and if I'm going through a rough time, I need him then, and at Christmas, I kind of do something there, and Easter, I'm for sure there, but we see the function of God, but we don't see the beauty of God. And when you see the beauty of God, you you understand who he really is, and, and it changes you. Have you ever had somebody in your life that you knew for a while, and then an event happened, and that person was different to you. Maybe it was a coworker that you didn't know was an artist, and you saw them 
you saw some art that they made or you saw them perform in some way. Or maybe it was somebody that, that was always quiet around you and you saw them, you saw them be funny, like you saw them at a party be funny. Or, or maybe it was someone that you went to school with and you, you never really noticed as a kid. Like you hear those stories of married couples, right? Like I knew them forever and then just one day I saw them. Have you ever had somebody in that life where the first time an event happened and for the first time there, you saw them for who they really were? That changes who they are to you. And when you see the beauty of someone, it makes it different. And you don't just see the function. And that's what Paul is, that's what he's doing here. He's trying to show us the beauty of, of who Christ is. I want to share this quote for you with you um, I think it's great, and if you, if you take one thing away, take this. This is A.W. Tozer. He said, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Because what you believe about God shapes your world. <coughs> and it shapes the way that you serve Him. And if you don't see the beauty of God, and you don't see Christ as Lord, then doing church is a terrible idea. This is not, this is not a good hobby. Because you're going to come and we're going to ask you to come back and we're going to ask you to be faithful. We're going to ask you to open up your house. And we're going to ask you to give. And we're going to ask you to serve in kids. And we're going to ask you to go to Bonta. And we're going to ask you to do all of these things. And if Jesus isn't Lord of your life, it's a waste. Like, you could have a lot more fun other places. You could, you could be more fulfilled in the worldly ways other places. You could make money other places. You could spend your time in other ways. And if Jesus is just a piece of your life, and if you don't see the beauty of him, if he's not the Lord of your life, then don't go to church. But Paul wants you to see the beauty of Christ. He wants you to recognize Jesus for who he is and for you to understand the God of the Bible, the Christ that came and died for you. Because when you recognize the beauty of who he is, it changes you. So he does so with this poem, and he basically goes through the hierarchy of things. So he starts off comparing Christ to God, where he is in relation to God. And then where he is in relation to created things, both physical and spiritual, and then where he is in relation to the church. And then one more kind of catch-all at the end, in case there was anything else that you were wondering about where Jesus falls in line with, he throws that in too. And so that's really what we'll look at. So uh, let's, let's start out. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So he's saying, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. He's, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation. Now, we have to be very careful with this verse because there are a lot of cults that will take this verse out of context and try to tell you that this means God created Jesus. But that's not what it's saying. It's saying that he is God and that he is the creator. Creation came from him. So when he's firstborn of creation, it means that creation started with him he created. 
Uh, you can look in John uh, chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we're, we're Trinity Church Oak Cliff, and we're Trinity not because of the geographical location of the Trinity River, but because we believe in the triune God, right? We, we sing about it all the time. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, our God is three in one. We sing the creed all the time. We do that a lot. Um, it's one of the foundations, and we need to take a little bit of time to see it. And another way that you can have that argument with someone if they're trying to tell you that God is created is that would be inconsistent with God's character. Because the first commandment is, is what? You shall have no other gods before me. And the New Testament version, the first commandment is, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we understand, like, as we talk through our mission statement of love God, love others, make disciples, that we have to start with loving God, and then the love of God pours out from us. We love because he first loved us. So we love God, and that love of God pours out to others, and then we use that to create disciples. So uh, in Philippians, if you want to turn a couple pages over, Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 9 through 11, you see this. Therefore God has highly exalted him, again talking about Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you can see right there, God is exalting Jesus to this place of lordship and to this place of being worshipped. And if God's saying don't have any other gods, like it would be inconsistent for him then to tell you to worship Jesus unless Jesus was God. So it's three in one. So his, uh, so when you compare Jesus to God, you understand that he is God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So they're three in one. And then we move on uh, to verse 16. It says, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. So we see here uh, God's or Jesus' position against created things. And we see like this, this list basically, and it's it's a hierarchy of spiritual authorities basically like how spiritual authorities so we're talking about angels and the spiritual realm how those are broken down thrones and dominions and he kind of goes through every set and he said he created all of them he was at the beginning and he created those and we see in genesis um, the creation of the earth we see the physical things, and it's important for us to hold to the biblical account of creation because if we don't, then now we've taken things outside of God's realm, right? And things just accidentally happen. But we believe the Bible, and the Bible tells us that in beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God created, and that's how things started out. And it's important for us to understand that and believe that because that's where that authority comes from. 
because Jesus was there when creation happened, and so he has that authority. Um, and also in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18, says this, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So when it comes to created things, spiritual and non, in heaven and on earth, Christ has authority over all that. He's preeminent in all of that. So he is the image of God. He is God. And he's above things created and spiritual. So everything created, physical and spiritual. <clears throat> and then uh, we continue verse 18. And he says, And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So he's saying when it comes to the church, Christ is the head of the church. He is above all. It says he's the firstborn of the dead, meaning that he was died and he resurrected. And so we see this creation at the beginning and then we see him come in and he is the head of the church. So there's a lot of churches now, like when this was written, it, uh, it was, there was a lot less uh, dispersion, a lot less um, doctrines and things like that being taught, but Jesus is the head of the church. So we have our church here, and then there are other churches that, that are around our city uh, that are great churches, other churches that uh, in other cities that your families go to, but all the churches come together with Christ being the head of the church. And if you're Christ, if your church doesn't point to Christ as being the head of the church, then you're in a bad church. And that, like, that's also very important to remember. That in the church that you go to, at the end of the day, the buck stops with Jesus. He's where it starts and he's where it ends. He's the firstborn of the dead, so like the resurrection, and thus he created the church. He sent out the disciples to establish the New Testament church. He is the head of the church. And then verse 19, we see, uh, let's see, where'd go? For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So all the fullness of God is in Christ. So if there was anything else that you were wondering about, uh, as far as God and then creation, spiritual and physical and the church, if there was anything else that you wondered about how he related, it's all here. He is in the fullness of God. It's by him that all things hold together. Um, and really, all of that is to set up verse 20. And all of that is to let you know, it's, it's to put this poem is to put in relation to God, verse 20. And it says, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. So everything that went wrong with creation in the beginning, when sin came in and sin entered the world, and our relationship with God was fractured, Jesus comes back and reconciles us to God. He brings it all back. So the, the same God that created in the beginning then creates again. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. And we know that when God created the earth, it was good and it was perfect. And that's what he came to do. When he came and, and lived on the earth and died on the cross, and we just walked through Mark and, and saw 
this story and we got to go through it week by week and Sunday by Sunday to see exactly what happened in Christ's life. It was all to reconcile us back to God, to pay that price. And so he, as God came and became man, became the image of the invisible God so that we could see him and so that we could be reconciled to God. That's the beauty of Christ. That's what he does. That's why he should be the Lord of your life. Because he's over everything and the only hope for you to be reconciled to God is for him to make you a new creation. And that's where you have to look to. Christ is the one that you have to look to to make life work and to make life make sense. We were talking about church earlier and, and all the stuff that, that, you have to, that you have to do. And if you are looking in yourself to do those things, if you're looking in yourself for the motivation to read your Bible or to pray or to come to church or to serve, or to do all those things, at some point you're going to burn out. At some point you're going to lose it. At some point it's not going to make sense anymore. At some point something else will weigh more because we only have so much in us. And you're really just looking to yourself and to find another motivation. And I'm going to motivate myself for for this, for this time, and for that, for this time. And, And then those seasons end and we're left burnt out. But when you are facing those decisions about, like, what should my involvement be like, you should look to Christ. That should be where our motivation comes from. The beauty of of what God did for you and what he's calling you to do should be what you need to motivate, what you need to go on. That's, That's what Christ is. That's why he came, is so that you could see the invisible God so that you could be restored and so that you could walk with him and be a new creation, so that you could be created new to serve him. And so the change that comes about in our life, the sanctification, the the wearing away of, of the old, that all comes about through him. We can't do it in and of ourselves. It's impossible. We have to look to Christ. When Moses was about to lead uh, the nation of Israel, he was up on the mountain and he said, God, if I'm going to do this, I need, I need to see you. I need to see you. And God said, well, you, you can't handle seeing me or you'll die. But what I'll do is I'll put you in between these rocks and I'll pass by and I'll let you see my back. And Moses, and that happened, and and Moses led the nation of Israel out, and they became a nation under his leadership because he saw God. And Jesus came to be the image of the invisible God so that we could see him, so that we could go out and make a difference, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And we can follow his leadership but only if he's the Lord of our life. See, it comes back to that. He has to be number one. He has to be Lord of our life. There's nothing else that can compete because if you've got something else competing, it just doesn't work. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes and uh, we're going to worship a little bit more. Um, And I just pray that you take the time 
to think about where Jesus is in your life. Is he the Lord of your life? And no matter your experience or where you are in church or anything else, if you've never prayed and asked him to be the Lord of your life, I, I pray you do that tonight. And if you're struggling right now and you're like, man, I just don't know if I can keep doing this, ask him to reveal himself to you. He is the image of the invisible God. He, he came so that you could have that relationship. He came so that you could live an inspired life. Take a few minutes and pray. Ask him to be the Lord of your life. And commit to looking to him for your motivation, not just for church, but for your motivation with your family or your work. All the stuff that uh, all the stuff that you have going on, see that through the lens of Christ.